How you doing this Monday? How's your Monday been so far? Okay, what have we got here? Portrait of the day. Boris Johnson warned that the Omicron variant could soon become the dominant strain of COVID within days as the first Omicron death was confirmed. The Prime Minister urged people to get boosted now to slow the spread of the variant. Health Secretary Sajid Javid confirmed that people will only be classed as fully vaccinated if they have had three doses, once households have been given a reasonable chance to get the latest jab. At least 78 Conservative MPs plan to rebel on vaccine passports, with around 10 ministerial aides on resignation watch. Johnson insisted he certainly broke no rules last Christmas in number 10 as allegations continued of partying while London was in lockdown. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer will give a televised address to the nation tonight, following Johnson's broadcast last night. The Prime Minister warned Vladimir Putin of the UK's deep concern over the build-up of Russian forces on Ukraine's border and warned that any destabilising action would be a strategic mistake that would have significant consequences. There were 38 deaths within 28 days of a positive COVID test and 54,073 cases recorded in the past 24 hours. The total number of vaccinations given now stands at 121,616,098. Thank you. The analysis. Boris's biggest rebellion. Boris Johnson is preparing for the biggest revolt of his premiership tomorrow over vaccine passports. The Spectator's list of Conservative MPs planning to rebel on the government's Plan B of Covid restrictions is now at 78, but around 10 parliamentary private secretaries are considering voting against, too, which would force their resignation from the government. In other words, this is going to be a brutal vote for the Prime Minister. Johnson is only going to get this policy through the Commons because Labour has said it will support the measures. But no leader wants to be in the position where they are relying on the opposition rather than their own majority. As James explains on Coffee House, when a rebellion is this big, it is more likely to grow than shrink because there is safety in numbers. As well as the principle at stake, there are also myriad aggravating factors, including poor party management. Remember that the last time a PPS resigned, it was Angela Richardson and she was reinstated within 24 hours when the government U-turned, and distrust of Boris Johnson. There is a strong belief in large parts of the Tory party that Plan B is only a holding line until the new year, when a Plan C will appear, including many venues having to close. The consensus in Whitehall certainly seems to be that stricter measures will have to come in once the politically awkward Christmas period is over. In this unhappy New Year scenario, Tory MPs would be expected to approve measures they've been assured were highly unlikely to be needed again. They haven't even approved vaccine passports and yet Amazon's Alexa device already has adverts about them. 
It's almost as though certain occupants of the corridors of power don't really care about Parliament. Right, thanks for that. What could I possibly add? I fetched the metro and it says, oh, it says come to this cabaret. And it also said millions fill festive pinch as wages dip. A cost of living storm will engulf millions of households this Christmas amid soaring bills and falls in pay unions have won. Real wages this month are on course to be 0.8% lower than in September, a TUC report said, according to its study of official statistics, workers are said to have the worst Christmas wage squeeze in nearly a decade. Pay has grown by 0.8% in the last three months, half the rate of inflation's 0.6% uh, said the union organization. Working households have been affected by rising utility bills and the cuts to universal credit will be the hit next year by the increase in national insurance contributions, it's st stated. TUC General uh, Secretary faces uh, Francis O'Grady urged ministers to come up with a long-term plan to get wages uh, rising according to the economy. People should be able to look forward to Christmas without having to worry about how they will pay for it, she said. Millions are facing a cost of a cost of living storm as bills soar and real pay falls. After more than a decade of wages stagnation, this is the last thing working families need. The government can't sit this crisis out. Ministers should get around the table with unions and employers now and work out fair pay agreements for every industry. That's the best way to boost living standards and ease the pressure on households. So what else do we have there? Factories forced to raise prices at cost Pressures bite record numbers of manufacturers are raising prices as inflation pushes up their cost. Research shows increase of 10% are common, but customers' demand remains strong so far. Found industry body make UK and business advisor. BDO, while manufacturers will be able to enjoy some 
festive chair this year their spirits will be uh, tempered by the eye-watering impact of escalating cost pressures said make UK James Boram and over here is something what is it oh Oxford Street restaurant head chef was he fired for complaining about money laundering I think that was what I read about it before yeah it's a bit strange isn't it okay yeah Oxford Street restaurant um, head chef was Sucked. Johnson warns Omicron spiking in London and confirms first UK death from variant. No, we're talking about this one. Did you not see that? Oxford Street restaurant head chef sacked for complaining about tax evasion and money laundering. The restaurant's owner forced illegal workers to fabricate complaints against Hamiza Gofaroglu so he could fire him. Oh. Share. One comment. Sign into my London news, a reach public. A head chef at a chic Oxford Street restaurant was sacked after complaining that the owner was evading tax, laundering money, and employing illegal workers. The owner of the Middle Eastern restaurant Sofra forced illegal workers to fabricate a host of complaints against his chef Hamiza Gofaroglu so he could fire him, oh. an employment tribunal heard. Hmm. Mr. Gofaroglu said he saw a general manager at the lucrative restaurant, which he says made £20,000 a day, take £130,000 in cash from the safe one night in a black bag. Oh. Read more. Winter Wonderland shock as Love Island star spends £170 with fans calling it daylight robbery. The tribunal heard Mr. Gufferoglu believed his boss and restaurant owner Hussein Ounsa was operating a tax evasion scheme when he started to find void receipts and that he was paid to keep quiet about illegal workers. After complaining about the corrupt way his boss ran the company, Mr. Gufferoglu was fired for alcohol abuse in the workplace hostile behavior towards staff and serious insubordination. The tribunal awarded him £25,000 as it ruled his boss had an ulterior motive when he fired him and the real reasons were Mr. Gufferoglu's complaints about the business. The tribunal heard Mr. Gufferoglu, who moved to the UK from Turkey but was from Azerbaijan, was suspended after he was told he was being investigated for drinking at work and arguing with other employees at the Sofra restaurant which is described as enchanting and chic on its website. The tribunal heard illegal employees were forced to sign a document stating Mr. Gufferoglu had made racist remarks and that he had a serious drinking problem. The tribunal judgment said, Mr. Gufferoglu says the signatories of this document were all illegal workers who were placed under duress to provide the statements and all were paid inducements of between £50 and £100 by Sofra to do so. He says this is in accordance with the normal practice of Mr. Ounsa in that where there is an employee he wishes to get rid of, he pressurizes other employees to produce false evidence against them. 
He also says these individuals were in effect under a degree of duress as they were working in the UK illegally and therefore had reason to be concerned about possible retaliatory action from Sofra if they did not comply with any requests made by or on behalf of Mr. Ounsa. Following being suspended, Mr. Gafaroglu was then fired in February 2019 after complaining his suspension was planned as another head chef had recently been hired. Mr. Gafaroglu appealed his dismissal and complained about the way his boss did business, as well as having to work from 7am to midnight without holiday. The tribunal heard, Mr. Gafaroglu said that there was an ulterior motivation for his dismissal. He complained that Sofra conducted its business in a corrupt fashion by engaging illegal workers who did not have the required work permits, encouraging staff who worked full-time hours to show their hours as part-timers to reduce tax payments, paying staff in cash and not declaring their wages to HMRC. Mr. Gufferoglu told the tribunal he discovered what he believed to be a tax evasion scheme when he found void receipts for tables. The tribunal, which was held virtually, heard, Mr. Gafaroglu says he witnessed the general manager take money from the safe in his general manager's black bag. He says that over the Christmas period of 2018-2019 the general manager collected about £130,000 in cash one night. He refers to this as being a money laundering scheme. He says he was paid additional money in his last three months of employment to keep quiet regarding illegal workers. He says half of this was in cash and half to his bank account. Mr. Gafaroglu's wife told the tribunal she once visited his work and saw the general manager carrying a black backpack and talking about how much money he was laundering with it. The tribunal said, Mrs. Gafaroglu says she wrote to HMRC regarding the restaurant making underpayments and avoiding tax by cash payments to employees. She said that she did not receive a response. After being fired, Mr. Gafaroglu later sued his employer for unfair dismissal, an unauthorized deduction from his wages and for holiday entitlement. Wow, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Right, what else could I add to that? I think we'll go to the Christmas... Um, um, okay, let's add this one quickly. Back to the net, Beckham's dad remarries. David Beckham was best man as his father Ted married solicitor Hilary Meredith. The trio posed for a family photo after the small ceremony in London with Hilary's daughter, Charlotte. Ted Beckham, 71, met his bride last year. He and David's mother, Sandra, divorced in 2002 after 32 years marriage. Life goes on. Congratulations. Let's hear music. Speaking of happy days, winter wonderland, how to win big at the stores from the people who work there. Maximize your chances of taking home one of those massive teddies. <laughs> ah, Hyde Park's Winter Wonderland is popular with tourists from Londoners alike. So, if you're traveling around London, 
If you're traveling around London this month, you're bound to end up sharing the tube with a giant teddy bear, witnessing someone trying to navigate the escalator with an enormous plush husky or spotting a Pikachu in a festive hat on a crowded platform. It's winter wonderland season, after all, and a big part of the event is the fairground-style games that challenge visitors to test their skills in an attempt to win big. But just how do those lucky winners do it? Are they secretly professionals? Have they been training all year for this? Are they just extremely lucky? Yeah, I think so. Read more. I went to Winter Wonderland with just 20 pounds and I couldn't believe what I got for my money. Well, as it turns out, there are some things you can do to maximize your chances of winning. We asked the people behind the stores for their advice for winning at Winter Wonderland and came away with some top tips. Winners of this game take home large plush Pokemon, image, Amber Louise Large. The Pikachu one. One of the most popular games at Winter Wonderland requires players to bounce a wiffle ball off a board and into a basket. Those who have visited will likely recognize it as the Pikachu game because the stores in Winter Wonderland are usually Pokemon themed. This game is actually called Fluky Ball and is much more difficult than it looks. The advice we were given was to throw the ball high and gentle, much more gentle than you think, and try to get a spin on it. You basically want the ball to skim the board instead of bouncing off it. If you can get a spin on the ball at the same time you're on your way to bringing home a giant Pikachu in a Santa hat. Penguin racing. There's always a winner in this game, which is great but you do have to compete against other players in order to win. You roll a ball, trying to get it into holes with different numbers of points. The more points you get the further your penguin moves and the first penguin to the finish line wins. This one is all about technique, and we were encouraged to practice while waiting for other players to join. The key is being consistent with how hard you roll the ball, not too hard and not too soft, so try to get there before the seats are all filled and get some practice in. Basketball throw. The first piece of advice we were given for this particular stall was to use the left baskets because apparently they are slightly closer than the others. Obviously that won't be the same for all stalls but worth noting. Other than that, we were told not to try and bounce the ball off the board. Basically, the key is to go for nothing but net. The baskets are also further away than you might think when you first see them so throw the ball far and high. You might want to bring your friends who played netball or basketball for this one. Image, Amber Louise Large. Coin Toss. This game requires players to throw a coin and land it on one of the many plates. The advice we were given for this one was to bounce the coin from plate to plate rather than aiming for one specific plate first. Be gentle and don't put too much spin on it. Don't flip the coin, just throw it straight. 1383747314497 Of course, once you've got your huge husky toy or giant hamster plush you're faced with the whole new challenge of getting it home and finding a place for it, but that's something to think about later. Thank you so much. <laughs> what are your best Winterland uh, experience? Anyway, what other news do we have? Okay, this is huge. 
<laughs> oh my god, this is interesting. What does it say? Huh. Okay, London breaches rate up after local complaints about prostitution and drug dealing. Residents claim the area is rife with antisocial behavior. So the benches in South Wick Street were used for drug dealings and prostitution according to locals. Wow, that's scary. So let's hear it. Two, bench two benches have been ripped up from a posh London street after locals complained they were allegedly used for drug dealing and prostitution. Paddington residents have won a battle against Westminster City Council to get the benches removed from outside their homes in a bid to tackle antisocial behaviour. Residents had been complaining about the two benches on Southwick Street for years, claiming they were used as a meeting point for drug dealers, sex workers and their clients. Locals previously told the local democracy reporting service that drug dealing, fighting and public sex were a common sight in the area. One man, who did not want to be named, said things are so bad that he had to install shutters and fencing around his home after people had sex on his doorstep. Jesus. Read more, the London benches used by pimps for drug dealing and sex work that locals want removed. He added, this area is notorious for prostitution. My daughter doesn't come out the house if there's anyone sat on the benches at night. They're used by pimps who sit on them and watch as girls take clients to the news. Labour councillor Paul de Moldenberg said the removal of the benches is a great success for residents and Labour councillors who spent months asking the Tory-led council to move them. He said the benches were often used late at night by people involved in antisocial behaviour and the area is well known for prostitution. He added, the relocation of these benches to somewhere more appropriate, such as Norfolk Square, makes very good sense, both in fighting antisocial behaviour and improving the lives of Southwick Street residents. The Met Police previously said it is aware of concerns from locals about prostitution and antisocial tackling this is one of its top priorities. Westminster City Council was contacted for comment. Any comment? That's incredible. Okay, Baba caught Afghan Afghans refugee here for free as they arrive in London town. The Babas caught as many refugee here as they could over three days. Ah, that is very humanitarian, isn't it? Absolutely uh, kind. A, Lon a London barbershop has cut the hair of every male Afghan refugee in a West London borough free of charge. Zezu cuts in Hammersmith and Fulham have made the borough's Afghan refugees feel as welcome as possible by providing free haircuts. Mm. Hammersmith's refugees have also visited the Kean Prince Foundation Stadium to watch QPR play and 80 Afghan children have been placed in schools around the borough. Mm. Read more. Hundreds of Ibrahim Ben Ali, 
46, and his colleague, Yezid, cut over 50 men and boys' hair in three days when the refugees first arrived in West London. Ibrahim said, it's only when you're safe and well that you care how you look and helping them in that next stage of their journey has been really special. When I heard about the refugees, I knew I could help. It was amazing to see them all leaving the room with smiles. I had been thinking for a while about how much I wanted to give back to my community. Ibrahim first moved to Fulham in the 1990s and wanted to return the hospitality he received when he first moved to the area. Mm. Many refugees were struggling with damaged hair after making perilous journeys from Afghanistan. Hannah Smith and Fulham deputy leader Sue Fenimore said, I would like to thank everyone who has helped offer such a warm welcome to the refugees who have fled Afghanistan in its dangerous new era. Hannah Smith and Fulham is for everyone and it's fantastic to see our newcomers being so warmly welcomed into Borough life. We will continue to ensure every refugee in Hammersmith and Fulham has access to education and safe housing until they are provided with permanent accommodation in the UK. Yeah, that is so humanistic. Very Christmassy. Very, very nice. Slay, 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 let the room hold it away. The slay, 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 let the room hold it away. Don't That's very nice, isn't it? Totally. Possibly add to that. I'm sure I'll find something. Slay, slay, better way. 17 essential reads on sustainability in food and drink. Start your sustainability journey today with expert advice and must read guides to the biggest environmental issues faced by the food and drink industry. The growth of the conscious consumer has highlighted the importance of sustainability in the food and drink sector. The rising demand from shoppers proves that not only are environmental considerations good for the planet, but they're also good for retailers' bottom lines. Indeed, 29% of British consumers, who are responsible for £37 billion of grocery sales annually, now consider themselves to be environmentally conscious, according to Cantar. As sustainability becomes increasingly linked to strong business performance, we've rounded up our top reads on the topic. Get ready to go green. Sustainability facts versus myths. Learning to tell the difference between sustainability facts and myths is key to making the most of fast-growing eco-opportunities. This year, we rounded up seven facts the food sector needs to understand about sustainability, from consumer buying habits to COVID's impact on demand, as well as debunking from myths around food waste, biodegradable plastic and more. The importance of eco-friendly packaging. Considering the packaging options available for fine food and drink products has never been more important. While these options tend to be pricier, the demand is clear. 
83% of younger consumers showed a willingness to pay more for sustainable packaging, and sales of products marketed as sustainable grew more than seven times faster than products that weren't. Read more about eco-friendly packaging here, the history of the sustainable packaging movement here, and the trends to know here. Key sustainability problems to tackle. Understanding the issues that the food and drink sector faces when it comes to sustainability is the first step to tackling them. From the problem with modern supply chains to the threat of greenwashing, we asked experts about the biggest challenges that the sector needs to face up to and how they can achieve true sustainability and offer better products for their customers and the planet. Read about the six problem areas to tackle here. A free downloadable resource. Covering business advice, need-to-know guidelines, sustainable sourcing and more. Sustainability, the future is in our hands is a must-read for fine food industry players. This free downloadable white paper is packed with expert analysis, forecasts on the future of sustainability in the food and drink arena and tangible ways that your business can make meaningful changes. Download a copy free of charge here. Meets Meat plant-based. The debate over the environmental impacts of meat and vegan meat replacements continues to rage in the food and drink sector. With flexitarianism growing, understanding and promoting the benefits of locally sourced meat as well as plant-based alternatives to industrial meat farming can offer customers a more sustainable route to their evening meal. With the National Food Strategy targeting the goal of reducing meat consumption by 30% over the next 10 years, retailers need to understand the pros and cons. Understanding the circular economy. Creating a circular economy, one in which products and materials are kept in continual use rather than going to waste, is a significant goal towards reducing waste around the world. As key players on the ground, fine food independence can begin to shift the economy towards one where less food and materials are wasted. Read more about the circular economy here, and how to get involved here. Tapping into sustainable deliveries. Offering an eco-friendly alternative to unsustainable e-commerce giants and their super-speedy deliveries is one way that retailers can establish themselves as an environmentally friendly business. We explore how retailers are prioritizing their products and suppliers over fast shipping in order to reframe the value of fine food and drink. Read more here. Carbon labeling. The introduction of eco-school food labels has been lauded as an essential step forward in the fight to improve the sustainability of consumers' diets. George Eustace, the Secretary of State for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, has said they have the potential to address the urgent challenges of sustainability and climate change. Experts have explained to Speciality Food how carbon labels work and why they're so important here, and you can read more about the shift from calories to climate here. Targeting net zero. Businesses today are clamoring to achieve net zero carbon emissions, but what does this gold standard mean, and how can food and drink companies get there? We speak to brands driving the change here, and learn how to make your first steps into carbon offsetting here. Plus, find out how the wider sector is tackling carbon emissions from farm to fork here. Thank you. Share this article. So that's, I did, I did in my podcast. One. So that was um well, 20... 16 articles, 17 articles reads on sustainability in food and drink. So I did share it. 
<laughs> Along with Christmas Carol, no doubt. Mine's just sugar on top. Follow one day. <laughs> I think I have all the news I could add to that, couldn't I? Oh yeah, to read on NJ. Let's do Nigeria news headlines, shall we? Um, do we have anything there specifically? Oh, okay. Breaking CUFA Championship League last 16 draws. If you feel that will make your day, why not? <laughs> I'll get it out for you. The top, the top teams in Europe will face each other as they bid to win the UEFA Champions League. The UEFA Champions League last 16 draw has been announced. The top teams in Europe will face each other as they bid to win the UEFA Champions League. See the draw in full. Benfica vs Real Madrid. Viral vs Man City. Atletico vs Bayern. Salzburg vs Liverpool. Inter vs Ajax. Sporting vs Juventus. Chelsea vs Lille. PSG versus Man United. <laughs> Thanks for that. Man in Texas, girlfriend rejects his married proposal in public. Bedridden man words love of his life in Benue State. This is Nigerian news headline, by the way, for today. And, ah, man kills his girlfriend ex-wife before committing suicide. That's terrible. Woman wakes from seven-week COVID coma to discover she has given birth. Wow, that sounds really incredible. Wow, her condition deteriorated so much that she was sedated for an emergency C-section at 31 weeks. Wow, more than two months before her due date of October 15th, Laura Ward and her family, a uh, and what happened? A woman who contracted COVID-19 has been given the shock of her life after waking from coma to discover that she has given birth. She was in a coma for seven weeks after catching COVID. Laura Ward. Where is she? 33. Contracted. contracted the virus while pregnant, gave birth to daughter, Hope. 
Her condition deteriorated so much that she was sedated for an emergency C-section at 31 weeks, more than two months before her due date of October 15th. Thankfully, all was well with baby, who was born weighing three pounds seven ounces at Royal Bolton Hospital. And despite spending five weeks on the neonatal unit, she's now healthy and has reached a much better weight. Laura's next memory was waking up seven weeks later, on September 30th, to be greeted with the sight of the daughter she didn't even know she had had. I opened my eyes to see Hope on the bed with me, but I couldn't move any part of my body, says Laura from Tisley, Wigan. All I could do was shake and nod my head. Having had a tracheostomy and feeding tubes fitted, it was two weeks before Laura was even able to speak, mm. and she has since had to learn how to do the most basic things all over again. Mm. She said, I tried really hard to lift my arms but I just couldn't. Mm. It was frustrating because I couldn't speak, but because I couldn't move my arms or hands, I wasn't able to write anything down that I wanted to say either. Mm. I had to learn to feed myself, brush my teeth, all the things you learn as a toddler, mm. it's like learning everything all over again. Mm. The muscles in Laura's legs had deteriorated while she was in a coma, and it was only at the beginning of December that she managed to walk again, mm. first making her way down the hospital corridor with a frame, oh. and then holding the hand of her three-year-old son William. Laura will be finally allowed home today, Monday, December 13th. Wow. Her partner John Lease, 37, didn't name their baby. He referred to her only as baby girl until they could both agree on a name together. Mm. The baby has now been named Hope. That's a beautiful name. Laura, who wasn't given the coronavirus vaccine because she was pregnant, says she would recommend the jab to any pregnant woman following her ordeal. Mm. I'd say just get it, she says. I wouldn't wish what's happened to me on anyone and it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, bless. Sylvester Oromonis dead Falana as police to invite Kenyan lawyer over reckless allegations. UEFA Champions League draw to be done following glitches. We need to stop acting like everyone is hard to get to. So she tells Wathoni over claims of being uh, dumped by Brand for not being uh, controversial. Fans mock Angel after BB Niger Cross Reload is single. Young men and drug traders Machete, Farmer and Rikiti. Eagles not beggars. They will fight for 2023 presidency, Masop said. Ed Sheeran to feature in Fireball Spirit remix. Boko Haram IS may soon take over Abuja, never cries out. What are you, why are you lying? James Brown slams Bobrovsky over claims of 74 million Naira Mako. Hair cost. <laughs> Police invite popular journalist Fisaya Suyombo. He reacts. A man who can cook is an open target for the devil, Pastor Shola Adewe said. COVID-19 unvaccinated court members barred from NYSC camps. 
update abductors of Kwara district demand 60 million naira ransom app. Nandikanu, Sunday, Boho, other secessionists are uneducated late roots, says Gumi. Actor Samuel Ajibola and wife welcome baby boy. Congrats. Obsessed. Fan of Carl Jaina hopes neighbors face to propose to her. <laughs> Isoko boys are good in bed OAP meet a baby video. 418 COVID 19 cases recorded in 12 states. Breaking bandit attack plateau community kill 10. AGM president Emeka Rollers and White's wife celebrates 18 wedding anniversary. Buhari government more corrupt than previous administration says Utomi. Chicago City to sue JC Smollett for wasted 130,000 police investigation into fake hate attack. Kaduna government receives ENSA report to set up white paper committee. BB Nigesta CC meet ex-president of Asijo. Whiskey orders one million worth of suya as he returns to Lagos. Meet the world's shortest woman is just 71 centimeter tall. UK records first Omicron related death. Prominent Nigerian businessman shot dead in South Africa. Defense chief Leo Irabo orders a general scene exit Nigerian military. Nigerian bleeding into coma order under Buhari former sports minister Solomon Dalong Christ. Man remanded for a late raping nine-year-old girl. White lady shares sad story how her feet got amputated after mosquito bite in Nigeria. Ah! Three found dead, others unconscious in River State Hotel. UEFA released new draw for UEFA Champions League round of 16. BB Niger Angel Smith shames women who are 30 plus. Alexi Kubo celebrates after Linda Osifo sent him 100,000 naira. Mentally challenged women give birth to baby by roadside in Ebony. Insecurity Bukhari should resign or be impeached, says Kuriwa. Kim Kardashian passes baby bar exam after three failed attempt. Congrats. Juliette Ibrahim mimics Ucharian Anubi. Nails it. COVID-19 comedian Funny Bone laments about lack of testing facilities at Nigerian airport. Upcoming sign cries uncontrollably after meeting Olamide for the first time. Burial date for XPM man boss Bolaji Rosiji announced 2023 shall your presidential bid to preserve Nigeria's corporate existence. Ohanese, secretary to Tinubu, 
outrageous, heavily pregnant bride need to feed groom at their wedding. Nandi Kanu sues AGF DSS over alleged denial of fundamental rights in DSS custody. Lion bites off two year old girls stand inside the zoo. Ah! Oh my god! Ah, that's terrible. What happened? Oh no! Ah! Who took a child so close to a lion for God's sake? Ah! The toddler identified that's really scared. Get latest Tory news alert. Enter your Implies Donia put her hand into the lion's cage when the animal bit it off. Oh. Donia. A lion has bitten off a two-year-old girl's hand in Yemen. It was gathered that after the attack that happened at a zoo, her hand was amputated. Oh. The incident happened during her family's visit to the zoo in Ib Governorate in Yemen, local media reported. According to Al Arabiya Al Hadath, the toddler identified simply as Donia put her hand into the lion's cage when the animal bit it off. The girl was accompanied by her father who was busy clicking pictures of her next to the lion. The girl and her father, who went into a coma after watching his daughter's hand in the lion's mouth, were taken to a hospital. Human rights advocates held the child's father and the administration of the zoo, which is under the control of the old Houthi militia, accountable for the tragedy. They also decried the administration's disregard for visitors by placing iron nets, which are inappropriate for these predators, or failing to ensure a sufficient safety distance that prevent visitors and children from getting closer to these animals. Yeah, that's a terrible incident. Huh? Mm. Um. Davido's ex Juma shared sexy video while on vacation in Dubai. Mom faces serious health risks after taking 10 COVID vaccine shots in a single day. Uh-uh. Why did you take 10? Ha! Kogi government sues EFCC demands 35 billion in damages. Something is wrong with that guy. Why did he take 10 COVID vaccine in one body? Ha! Weird. Hot stories. Man in tears as girlfriend rejects his marriage proposal in public. Video. No, Actor Samuel Ajibola no, and wife Will. A man who was allegedly paid by Entervaxers to get their jabs reportedly received the COVID-19 vaccine 10 times in one day. Oh. The man, who has not been identified, pretended to be a different person each time he visited a doctor in New Zealand. Oh. He was then given the jab before the vaccination records discovered he was the same person. Mm. According to Mail Online, authorities believe anti-vaxxers paid the man so they could enjoy the same freedoms as the vaccinated without having to get the jab. Oh. University of Auckland vaccinologist and associate professor Helen Patusis Harris described the man's decision as a really dumb thing to do. Yeah. I think the chances of them feeling extra awful are higher than someone who had a regular dose, she said. While there is limited data on the effects of multiple COVID vaccines on the body, Ms. Patusis Harris guessed the man would be feeling pretty rough the next day. Yeah. 
As authorities continue to investigate how the man was able to access 10 vaccines, health officials remain uneasy about complicating the identification process. They worry people who wish to get vaccinated but don't have a photo ID could be deterred from getting the jab and receiving protected against the virus. A health ministry spokesperson said these people tended to belong to vulnerable groups in the community like the homeless, disabled or the elderly. We don't want to create barriers to their vaccination, they said. New Zealand has experienced an uptick in COVID cases since October and recorded 103 new infections and 61 hospitalizations on Sunday. Scary stuff. Absolutely preposterous. How can anybody do that to themselves? Kogi government sues the FCC uh, and demands 35 billion naira in demand. The state government is demanding the sum of 35 billion naira only as damages against the FCC. That's interesting. The Economic and Financial Crimes Commission has been sued by the Kogi state government. The Yahya Bella-led government sued EFCC over allegations that it fixed in 19.3 billion bailout funds received from the federal government, according to Vanguard. This came as Justice J. Majibi of Okogi State High Court also granted an interim injunction restraining the EFCC from issuing further official or unofficial publications over the issue involving a new generation bank, name withheld, with account number 00735726696 or any other account purportedly belonging to Kogi State Government. The Kogi State Government, Accountant General of the State, Momo Jibrin, and Commissioner for Finance, Budget and Economic Planning, Asiwaju Mukodamasuru, were claimants in the suit, while the EFCC, a new generation bank and central bank of Nigeria were listed as defendants. The state government is demanding the sum of N35 billion only as damages against the first defendant for the defamatory publication, titled, Hidden N19.3 billion Kogi salary bailout funds returned to CBN made on November 19, 2021 on her Facebook page containing amongst others, false and unfounded allegations of N19.3 billion being returned from Kogi state bailout account, which portrays fraud and misappropriation of public fund against the claimant. The High Court granted the following. An interim injunction restraining the first defendant respondents, its allies, agents, representatives, associates or whoever is acting for them or through them from doing anything other by way of publication or print or electronic media or issuing any official or unofficial publication in any print or electronic media, including online publication on its website or social media both locally and internationally, with respect to the issues involving account number 00735726696 or any other account. Purportedly belonging to the first claimant applicant domiciled with a new generation bank or any other bank registered and operating in Nigeria pending the hearing and determination of the motion on notice for interlocutory injunction. An interim injunction restraining the first defendant respondent its allies, agents, representatives, 
Associates or whoever is acting for them or through them from doing anything either by inviting officials of the first claimant or requesting for any document with respect to the issue involving account number 00735726696 or any other account purportedly belonging to the first claimant applicant domiciled with a new generation bank. No, you can't just do that. Let's go back, please. Where were we? Why did you stop? Oh my god. NURTW boss, MC Oluomo attends his children's graduation in the US. Mm -hmm. Photos. Interim injunction restraining the first defendant respondents, its allies, agents, representatives, associates or whoever is acting for them or through them from doing anything other by way of publication or print or electronic media or issuing any official or unofficial publication in any print or electronic media, including online publication on its website or social media, both locally and internationally. With respect to the issues involving account number 00735726696 or any other account purportedly belonging to the first claimant applicant domiciled with a new generation bank or any other bank registered and operating in Nigeria pending the hearing and determination of the motion on notice for interlocutory injunction. An interim injunction restraining the first defendant respondent, its allies, agents, representatives, associates or whoever is acting for them or through them from doing anything either by inviting officials of the first claimant or requesting for any document with respect to the issue involving account number 00735726696 or any other account purportedly belonging to the first claimant applicant domiciled with a new generation bank or any other bank registered and operating in Nigeria or otherwise relating to or pertaining to the affairs of the first claimant whatsoever or its employees, appointees or associates pending the hearing and determination of the motion on notice for interlocutory injunction. The motion on notice shall be heard on December 17, 2021, according to the court. The plaintiff asked the court to declare that the publication by the EFCC containing amongst others, false and unfounded allegations of N19.3 billion being returned was defamatory of the character of the Kogi state government. The Kogi government asked for an order of this court compelling the first defendant to, within 48 hours of the order of this court, publish in three national dailies, a retraction of her frivolous allegations and also tender unreserved apology to the claimant for the defamatory publication written against the claimant. While asking the court to declare the publication as misconceived, wrongful, illegal, null and void, the plaintiff also asked the court to declare that the conduct of the second defendant, a new generation bank, was wrong, illegal, null and void in opening a fixed deposit account number 00735726696 and naming it Kogi bailout account without an application, request, authority or consent of the government. The Kogi state government had earlier threatened to take the EFCC to court if the commission failed to retract and apologize over statements it continually made in the media with the aim of disparaging the state. 
Particularly, the government said it could not understand how the EFCC kept attributing an account number to the state even after Sterling Bank had written to explain that there was never a time it gave the bank the mandate to open the said account. It said it was also alarmed by what it described as the faucet in the activities of the EFCC claiming that M20 billion bailout funds, belonging to Kogi State, was hidden in a fixed deposit account with the said bank which surprisingly now has a balance of less than the fixed and 20 billion even after allegedly being kept for some years. That's incredible, isn't it? Comfort and joy, all tidings of comfort and joy. And they came where it is fine. Found it in a manger where ox, oxen feed on hay. Smother Mary, to the Lord did pray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Lord, cease all ye within this place, and with true love our brotherhood each other and pray. Slowly tide of Christmas must that bring redeeming grace, all tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. So, reduce traffic collusion with these short driving strategies. Is that another announcement within Nigeria advising each other? to reduce traffic collision with this short driving strategy. Things like discipline and alertness can make a huge difference. So nobody can stop car accident, however. Nobody can stop a car accident. However, there are several strategies you can adopt and prevent a car crash. Remember, there are several road users. Things like discipline and alertness can make a huge difference. Thus, don't get injured. Minimize car accidents with the following defensive driving skills. Stay alert. Stay focused. Keep scanning the horizon for potential hazards. Early detection can help you maneuver away from danger. As a driver, you should be able to spot hazards within 20 seconds of your current position. Observe reckless drivers. Be watchful of other drivers. And this is particularly true for those who are speeding or driving recklessly. If you come across such motorists, carefully drive away from them and change lanes. Don't change the lane without checking blind spots. Make it a point to check your blind spots. This isn't all about checking the mirrors. You might as well need to turn your head to track your blind spots if the side mirrors don't reflect. Turn signal well. Be careful about how you change lanes. 
When changing lanes, be sure to utilize your turn signal. Failing to notify other motorists about what you intend to do could increase the risk of a car crash. So, make sure that you notify them early so that they can react in a timely manner. Don't assume. Not all drivers will make safe maneuvers. Of course, some will do so, but others won't. That's why it's always advisable to focus on yourself. You should only trust yourself when driving. Don't assume that other motorists will make safe maneuvers and cushion you for potential hazards. Consider maintaining a safe distance. Keep distance from other vehicles. Avoid driving too close to other vehicles. Otherwise, you might not be able to stop if the other driver suddenly comes to a halt. Essentially, you should maintain a separation distance of at least two seconds. No distracted driving. Be alert. Always keep your eyes focused on the road. Even the slightest distraction could dramatically increase your risk of causing an accident. Thus, be sure to avoid making phone calls, texting, eating, or looking at passengers while driving. No drowsy driving. Drowsiness can prevent you from driving safely. It can make it extremely difficult for you to avoid hazardous situations. Plus, lack of sleep can make you fall asleep while driving hence putting you at a heightened risk of causing an auto accident. According to research, getting less than 7 hours of quality sleep can dramatically increase a person's risk of causing a car accident. If you're feeling sleepy, then it's better to get off the road and relax a bit. Don't risk your life and that of others. Simply pull over to a safe place and get some rest before getting back on the wheel. No drink driving. Drunk driving is extremely dangerous. It's completely prohibited by the law. Alcohol or drugs impair your ability to make good judgments. They make it difficult for you to accurately assess traffic situations. Combined with delayed reaction times, this could lead to a severe road accident. So, if you plan to drink, make sure that you find a sober driver to take you home. Don't make the mistake of driving under influence. Slow down. It's better to arrive late but be safe. Speeding can make it difficult for you to control your vehicle. Besides, it gives you the flexibility to maneuver away from danger. Research has found that speeding is one of the leading causes of car accidents. There's a good reason why speed limits were assigned to all vehicles. The posted speeds are appropriate for different weather and road conditions. Nonetheless, you might need to reduce your speed during rainy times. Don't panic. As a driver, you should always be calm. Road rage can make you overspeed or engage in other forms of reckless driving. No matter the challenges you face, always try to control your emotions. If other motorists cut you off, simply let it go. Don't pick a quarrel or a fight with them. No overspeeding. Overspeeding can be dangerous. In case something happens, you have limited time to react. You don't have full control over your vehicle. That's why you should always stick to speed limits. In most cases, there are road signs that indicate the allowed speed limit. Observe these limits and stay away from traffic collisions. Observe traffic signs. 
Traffic signs are designed to restore sanity on the roads. Disregarding traffic signs can lead to accidents. For instance, animal crossing areas come with signs. Overspeeding at these points can lead to an accident. Hitting animals is a real possibility. Talk to your attorney. Not all accidents are preventable. Despite being a cautious driver, you might still get involved in a road accident. And injuries resulting from such accidents are often costly to treat. However, if you choose to file a personal injury claim, you might receive adequate compensation for your damages. Working with an experienced traffic collision lawyer in Stamford, Connecticut can help you obtain a reasonable settlement. He or she can help you get compensation for lost wages, pain, suffering, and medical bills. Most attorneys offer free initial consultations and charge contingency fees. Thus, you won't need to make any payments upfront. You'll only pay them if they manage to recover compensation on your behalf. Key takeaways. Getting involved in an accident can be traumatizing. That's why you should do everything to stay away from car accidents. Remember, personal injuries can make your life difficult. For instance, lost wages can reduce the quality of your life. As a responsible driver, it's important to devise strategies to minimize these accidents. Don't drink and drive. Stay alert. Avoid bad weather. Stick to your lane. Don't overspeed. The bottom line. Did you know that a car crash can change the course of your life? Yes, it's true. For instance, things like injuries can have a permanent impact on your life. Lost court cases can have your driving license suspended. Causing death can lead to a jail term. However, you can minimize these accidents. Use the above defensive driving strategies and arrive safely. Thank you. That's a very good one for Christmas. Remember, those who rush home and those who cruise home, they all get there in the end. So safety first, okay? I hope that has helped a lot. That's it for now. Hopefully we'll find you something more to chat about on Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas in advance. Uh, 12 days to Christmas today.
<laughs> that is so cool. Hmm. Infant holy, infant lowly. Infant lowly. It's better to stop only little knowing Christ is dead Angels singing, Noel ringing, tide bringing Lord of all, Lord of all Oh, beautiful, isn't it? Totally.